Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the Crowd Decor Weekly Podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Well, hey, listen, over the last few weeks, we have been talking about this idea of fear not. I mentioned to you before that over 365 times, one man wrote down as 365 times a command to fear, to not fear, or fear not, do not fear, in the combination of that declaration or demand, command from God. There's one for every day. And I think the reason is, is simply because God knows that we're going to, we're going to, if there's anything that we're going to fight more than anything else, it's fear. Fear of man, fear of, of making a mistake, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. And when those things happen, there is this, there is this freezing uh, element of fear that causes us to be frozen in our tracks, causes us to just get down and, and, and sometimes I always kind of say it this way, go, you know, curl up in the corner in the fetal position and just start sucking our thumb almost simply because we are afraid of what's going on. But God says, do not fear. And last week we talked about the idea of, of not fearing and, and, and talking about making a plan. That in the middle of all of these things, we are ready to um, move forward even in the midst of uncertainty. You know, what happens when, when the storms come in life? What happens when all of those things begin to cave in on us? Uh, what happens when those that are around us begin to walk away? Those that you thought were going to be with you forever and ever, and they just simply turn their back and they walk away. What happens when, when life takes a hard right or hard left turn and it was out of your control? It was out of your um, understanding. You were on a path. You may have been on a career path, you might have been on an education path, a financial path, and everything is good, and everything just blew up in that moment. Well, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago and says those are the times you need to accept, simply because they're going to come. In fact, how many of your Bibles would you say, say yes? If you don't, say oops. Well, get your Bible out and turn with me to Isaiah, the 44th chapter. Isaiah chapter 44, we're going to look at verse 8. And we've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks, and I want to remind you of what it says there. This is in the Amplified Version, and it says there, do not tremble nor be afraid. There's one of those 365 times it says this, of the violent upheaval to come. Have I not long ago proclaimed it to you and declared it? And, are you, uh, and you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock, no other rock. I know of none. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment simply because he says there, do not fear when the upheaval comes. Do not fear when the storm comes. And in other words, we've learned to accept it because they're going to happen. It's inevitable that there's going to be difficult times. But then we talked about the planning. And we talked about that idea of planning as we see in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verse 11. I have a plan for you. And he wants to establish our steps as we talked about. And he wants to, he's the one that establishes and brings it out. He puts the plan and we develop plans in our hearts and visions of doing all these different things. 
But the way that it happens, the detours that come along, those areas, that's up to God. And when he allows those things to come in, when he allows the different uh, trials and tribulations, or maybe even sometimes when he sends them as tests, he, we need to realize that God is the one that's establishing our steps. He's establishing that foundation. And as a child of God, we're called to, to, to walk in that confidence. We're called to walk in that surety that no matter where we're at, no matter what's happening, he said to each one of us, I've got this, I've got you. I've put that plan, that vision in there, but I've given you that mission. Now I'm going to establish it in your life. I'm going to establish your steps. I'm going to establish the path. But then there's that moment of time where if we're not careful, we can get out of control. We can lose all kinds of control because the fear steps in, the, the, the uncertainty steps in. Have you ever noticed somebody that, that, gets, get, that kind of just loses control? They lose all composure, maybe because they, they've lost their job or maybe they've lost their finances. We see stories in, of history during the times of the Great Depression in, in uh, 1929 or the, the one prior to that in 1873 or the one that we went through in, in 2008 when the housing bubble collapsed. And, and all of these things that we see people throwing themselves out of, out of the window, we see suicides and we see marriages break up and all of these things simply because we lose control. But there's a passage of scripture that I want to talk about today, and I want to talk to you about how we have self-control, how we're responsible to be strong for those that are around us. And in found in 2 Timothy, the, the first chapter in verse 2, it says there, for, the, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a self-discipline. There's a passage of scripture there that, was, that gives us that understanding that he has called us and he has put on us that ability to control areas of our life, to have self-control. That, that, that concept of control, it's a self-control. The, the operative word there would be self. And as a child of God, we are commanded by God as his child to walk in, in self-discipline in self-control, not to lose it, not to get out there and, and have, a, have a moment of time where we just completely lose it. I was, in a, I was in a funeral many, many years ago of a young man that died. And there were people there, and I remember one individual that, that, was, that, that lost it at the casket. I mean, just lost it and was crying out and moaning and, and, and completely. And I just gently grabbed her and I said, I said to her, you don't, have to lose, you don't have to lose control here. The Bible says that we don't mourn like the world mourns without hope. You're going to see him again. He was a good young man. He was a Christian. He loved the Lord. And now while it was hurting, and yes, we need to mourn. Yes, those times of death come as the valley of the shadow of death walks in. But we don't mourn and we don't lose it like the world does. We don't lose our, our self-discipline like the world does. But as a child of the Most High God, he says there are things that we have to come in to control. And I want you to say it like you mean it and believe it today. That as, a, as a believer's proclamation that today we are a child of God. And as we say it, I want us to say it in the context of that I am going to control what I can. I'm going to take discipline the way I can. 
I'm going to give and walk in strength and be a strength for those around me, even when the upheaval hits. So say it with me like you mean it and believe it. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the King of Kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the Word of God. My walk is sure. My talk is confident. My attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the Word of God. Today I will do the will of God. Today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Praise God. Turn to somebody next to you. Give them a high five. If you're sitting in a hub, just go around and high five everybody. And, and, and just look at them and say, I believe it for you too. I say this most every week, but I want to just say it again. Message someone out. Let them know that you're, you're listening to this, that you believe that you believe for them that he is going to be a God that will be their father as they commit their life to him. And use this as a moment of time to reach out to those that, that need this kind of message, that they, that they can walk not in fear, but in a sound mind and, a, and of power and of self-discipline. So this idea of control, nobody likes to be controlled. Nobody wants to be told what to do. I, I say this all the time, especially as, as Americans. We are in this nation and we have this independent spirit. But the reality is, is I believe it's not an independent spirit that we should have, but an interdependent spirit. That God expects us to do some things as he does some things. I shared this with you last week as, as far as uh, God is not going to do what you can. He's not going to take over and possess and control you in such a way in the areas that he wants you to. And I think that that is something that is crucial in this passage of scripture in 1 Timothy that we see. The last kind of spirit that he gives you is a spirit of self-discipline. In other words, there is a strength that you have to, stay, to, to begin to control areas of your life and not, not just lose it and go, go beyond the boundaries. So what are some of those things that we control? Well, there are things that you can control like your schedule. There's strength, you get those influences in your life. You know, sometimes there's fear that comes in because we keep having the influencers in our life speaking down to us. They're speaking over us fear and doubt, uh, uh, destruction and discouragement. You can't do that. How dare you step out in that way? I'm reading a book right now that tells the story of Florence Nightingale, the, the, the great uh, nurse of, of many, world, many wars. She was the founder and the beginnings of, of the Red Cross. And she had to break away from her family. In fact, her, the founding of, this, of the nursing and the founding of hospitals and the way that we do ministry or uh, healthcare today was founded on the systems and the processes that Florence Nightingale started. But she had to break away from the influences of her life. She was raised in a very affluent area, in a very affluent family in England. She had to do all of these different things, but she started having a deep call, and she had to break from that fear. She had to break from those influences and the people that would come in. Her mother actually even told her, I'd rather you be a prostitute than a nurse. And sometimes we have these influences in our life that will speak negative. They will come in and say, you can't do that. You're at a certain status. You're a certain color. You're a certain education. And what happens is, is that we begin to believe those things. And then we start thinking negatively of ourselves. I'm too stupid. I can't do that because of what somebody else says. But you can control the influences in your life. 
You can control the people that hang around you. You can control those areas because it's self-control. You decide the relationships you're going to be in. You decide the endeavors you take. It took another, it took eight to ten years from the first moment that Florence Nightingale first had the call to be a nurse on the battlefield, to be a nurse in, in, in the hospitals. She began to set up uh, hospitals right there in the battlefield that would bring in the, 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 the different soldiers that, that were sick. It was said that up to 80 to 90% of the soldiers that would go into the hospital or even people in that day that would go in the hospital would never come out. They would die because of the disease and the infections and, and all of these things. And by simple systems and by simple things that Florence Nightingale found, we still live by those practices today. What would have happened if Florence Nightingale decided, you know what, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to change the influencers in my life. I'm not going to change the self-talk that I have. I'm not going to walk in to, to this area because it's too hard. I'm too afraid. The, emo the, the emotions begin to rage up in her. It took her 10 years to break away from that, but she did. And today, we are living in an incredible, incredible society worldwide simply because she decided that she would go to Crimea and establish something of a call in her life and break away and control the influencers and control the, the, the fear, to control the growth, to control the areas of negativity in her mind. And that is up to you. God has put something in your heart. And chances are, it's going to be something that's going to break with many of your relationships. It's going to break with many of the friends that are around you. It's going to break with people that, that you thought were going to walk with you forever. And in those times, when that upheaval comes, and those things begin to move, move into your life, you've got a choice to make. You have a decision. Either you're going to have self-control or you're going to allow a spirit of fear to come in. You see, the spirit of discipline comes in where you can control your resources. You can control the actions that you have. You can control the growth. You see, Florence Nightingale walked into that situation. And while she came from a very affluent family, when she broke ways, she was able to take some of the resources with her. In fact, it was said that many of the hospitals and many of the places that she established, she paid for out of her own resources. My question to you is this today. Are you willing to control some of the things that you have? Are you willing to take the things that God has given you in resources, in your mind, in your strength, in, the, uh, in your talents, in your skills, your education, your money, the finances you have to advance what God has for you? Are you willing to take control of that? Or there's going to be a moment of time where the, where the fear grips in and it causes you to freeze and it causes you to continue down the path that everybody else thinks that you should go. You see, Jesus found himself completely alone. He found himself having to, to, to pass certain tests. And one of the tests was the, the ability to stand alone. There were three of his, of his disciples that would follow him that became his, what I would call his inner core, Peter, James, and John. 
One of them, Peter, was the one that he changed his name from Simon to Peter because he had a revelation of who Christ was. Peter was a strong leader. In fact, he became the leader after Jesus went, uh, was crucified and rose from the dead and, went and ascended. Peter came in with that great, great sermon at the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people were saved, but before that, Peter was one that not only denied Christ, but tried to get in his way. He stepped in the middle of Jesus when Jesus says, I've got to go to Jerusalem. And Peter says, over my dead body, there's no way you're going to go. There's no way that I'm going to allow you to do that. And Peter, and he looks at Peter and he says, listen, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. There's going to be people in your life that you felt were going to be the ones that were going to stand beside you forever. And the reality is, is they're going to walk away when you make a certain break to what God wants for your life. What he wants for your, for, for your vision, for your mission. But you control that. It is for you to control. You see, because the, the idea of self-discipline, the idea of, of self-control comes down to being a sign and it becomes the standard and it is the strength of kingdom dwellers. We say this every single day. We just said it just a moment ago that, that our, our vision is to take a person from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In other words, we want you to be the Peter, James, and John of, of Jesus' disciples. We want you to be those that are the Matthews and, and the Bartholomews. We want you to be those that are, that are close to Christ, right in the core, from the crowd of the world to the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Not the core of the church, not the core of, of a doctrine, but the core of the kingdom. And one of the signs of the kingdom is the sign of self-control. The Bible says all the, way through, all the way through Proverbs that the sign of the lack of self-control is the sign of those in the world. It says there in, in Proverbs all the way through that the arrogant lack self-control. They're proud. like that, that, that they say, I can stand it. I can handle it. We used to kind of joke uh, from time to time about shunning the appearance of evil. The Bible, is, there's a passage of scripture that says to shun or to run away or to hide from even the appearance of evil. But the arrogant will say, oh, it might look bad. It might look difficult. But, but I can handle it. I can withstand the temptation. I can withstand that. And yet only to find out that your arrogance has caused you to fall. It's caused you to fall and that you lack the self-control to be strong. You lack the self-control and the humility. You see the humility of self-control, the humility of discipline says, I need something outside. I need a standard to live by. I need some boundaries that I will not cross. The weak, those in the world, those that do not follow the things of God, they're the ones that lack self-control. They're the ones that, are, that have no temperance. They're the ones that will oh, just lash out. I was talking to someone the other day, and, and their boss, was, they kind of got into a conflict with their boss. And immediately the boss wanted to go out and just start fighting and take them out and have a physical fist fight with them. And the thought of two grown men going at it in, with, with fists in this idea of the lack of self-discipline just to make a point. We see that we've lost, we lose self-control in our, in our uh, addictions, in, in, our, in our sexual uh, perversions. 
We're living in a, in a society, in a day where we're saying, I just want my kids to be happy. And so we will drop down the boundaries and the standard of self-control just so that we can be happy for a moment. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, but then it leads to death. And can I tell you that when we decide to just have no self-control, we have no self-discipline, that we will shun those things, we will run away from those things, saying, I'm not even going to be in the same room with it. What happens is, is we sit back and we say, I just want to be happy. I just want my children to be happy. I just want... And the reality is, is God is not consumed or concerned with your happiness as He is with your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You see, in Galatians, the fifth chapter, we see the standard that, the, that self-control is, in couple, is encapsulated with. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 23, we see the passage of Scripture there in 22 and 23, that it is the standard of the kingdom dweller. It is the standard of the one that will follow along and live in the kingdom principles of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's the, it, we call it the fruit of the Spirit. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And the very last one that he just kind of puts the foundation of all of it, I think it even makes sense that it would be the very last one because it's like the foundation of everything. Because without this one, None of it is none of it's possible, and that is the idea, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of a kingdom dweller, the one that has the Spirit of God in him, the one that has the, the, the Spirit on her, says self-control. The foundation of all of it is one that says, you know what, I'm going to put a boundary on my emotions. I'm going to put a boundary on my influencers. I'm going to put a boundary on my thoughts. And my thoughts are going to be of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a woman of self-control. I have self-discipline in my life. That's the standard that I live by. When somebody cuts me off in the middle of it, I'm not going to flip them off. I'm not going to go and rear-end them. I'm not going to go up and, 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 and shake their fist at them and, and, and everything else. Just, hey, let it go on by. Just shake it off. I used to be one of those. I used to be one of those guys that, that would be really upset about different things. I would get into rage. I would, and, and there's still, to, to this day, I find myself having to fight that. That's that part, part of having a fruit of self-control. There's always a moment in time where that needs to happen. There's always that time that it needs to be, that, that you're going to have to constantly keep that because if you let yourself just kind of go, it's like a garden without it being tended. It will always go back to its original state. It will always go back to its original nature of just overgrowth and weeds and, and being in the wilderness. But I remember one time I'm sitting in a parking lot and for whatever reason, this man felt like I got too close to him. So when I went to go into, to get into his, into my car, he had pulled up so close that our mirrors were almost touching. They were overlapping each other. And I, and he was sitting there and all of a sudden he looks at me and he goes, how's it feel? How's it, what do you think this feels? And something came all over me and I took my key out and I placed it right on the hood. This is many, many years ago, not last week. My daughter was with me. And I put my key on his hood and I said, you can either move your car 
or I can key your car. Now, I got to be honest with you. There's parts of me, probably my wife is going to tell you, tell me after this going, why did you tell that story? Don't tell that. It doesn't make you look good. When I look back on it, I thought I was being tough. I thought I was being the, the big man. In reality, at the end of that, after that man left, I'm yelling at him in the parking lot. He's yelling back at me in the parking lot. And when we got in the car, my daughter looked up at me and he says, she said, Dad, I didn't feel safe tonight with you. Oh, I got to be honest with you. What an indictment of a father. Could you imagine your children being around you and you have such lack of self-control, your children don't feel safe. There's such a lack of control. There's a lack of love and joy and peace. There's a lack of patience or, or kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness. There's such a lack of that simply because there's no self-control. That you fly off the handle at a moment in emotions. You fly off the handle in your finances, in your resources. You just, you, there's no growth because you just think you've got it all figured out. You see, that night I made a, I made a, covenant with myself that my children would never ever feel unsafe in my presence again now it goes to my grandchildren as well I have to constantly keep that in check because my nature is I want to rear I want to I want to lash out real quick I want to be sarcastic and I want to and I have to constantly take a breath and say no that's not who I am you see the sign of a kingdom dweller is self-control the sign of a kingdom dweller is a man or a woman of discipline, self-discipline. God gives us the strength to do it, but the standard is that fruit of the Spirit. But it's also a strength. The Bible says there in Proverbs 16.32, moderation or discipline balance is better than muscle. You can be the strongest out there. You can, you can bench press the most. You can be gargantuan. You can be the biggest. But sometimes the biggest are the ones that fall the hardest simply because they put their, their trust, they put, their, they, they put all of their discipline and everything in their might. And if you can knock them all out, if you can take them out, whether it be with your tongue, whether it be with your fist, whether it be with your mind, and you can just annihilate them without control. It says there that God is saying, listen, your, your moderation, your balance, your ability to take a breath is bigger than any of your muscles, any of your might. And self-control is better than any political power. In other words, self-control is, is, is better than any connection you might have in the, in, in the community. There's been times where I've called in favors with people and, and, and dealt with things like that. And, and you kind of scratch my back, you scratch yours type of area. But what God is saying there, what the Word is saying here in this wisdom is your, your ability to, to control, to have, have self-control, your ability to, uh, to have a, a spirit of discipline in your life is even better than all the connections you have. It's better than anything. Several year, a few years ago, we saw some of the professionals and the celebrities of life go in and, and, and actually go to jail because of the connections and the political uh, power that they have in getting their children into colleges. 
They were using their political power. They were using their connection. They were using their money. They were using all these things to bribe and to buy their way into college. And sometimes we try to do that same thing where we try to buy our way in to the kingdom. We try to get all of our connections in there. I have said it many times, and it's true. There is a, an idea of who you know. There is this idea about getting into heaven. You've got to know somebody to get into heaven. You've got to know somebody to get into the kingdom of God. But that person that you've got to know, his name is Jesus Christ. You see, because it says there that the strength, you're given strength for the prize. In 1 Corinthians, the, the ninth chapter in verse 25, it says there, for everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control. We just recently talked about all the discipline that it would take to go into, um, to, to, to get to the Olympics and to get on the gold medal round. They exercised self-control. They got up early. They did the things that needed to do. They controlled, they controlled their calendar. They controlled their schedule. They controlled the influences in. They controlled their diet. They controlled all of that kind of things simply for a crown that was going to fade, a medal that would pass away. But we do this for a crown that is never passing away. Why do I live the way I do? Why is it important for me to, for, for me to live in such a way that my spouse, my wife, Vicki, feels safe? that she feels cared for? Why is it so important to me that my children, I have, I have a father that they can lean on, that my grandchildren have a granddad that can impart wisdom and can impart discipline in all of those areas? Simply because I am moving toward, I am running the race and I am practicing self-control and self-discipline because there is a crown that I'm going to receive that one day I'm going to take that crown that will never fade away that will never die it will not it is imperishable and I'm going to take that off of my head once it has been given to me and I'm going to lay it at the feet of the one who I pursue his name is Jesus Christ the king of kings and the lord of lords do not fear because you have not been given a spirit of fear. If you are if fearful today, if you are lacking control and self-discipline today, it's because you have taken that on. You've taken on the fear because it has not been given to you. You've taken on the timidity because it has not been given to you. You've allowed circumstances to go. You've allowed all of these different things to happen. But can I just tell you, my friend today, you have been given a spirit of self-discipline and of power. There is a strength that you have to finish the course and you have strength for the prize. You have strength to protect those that are around you. You have strength to promote those that are in your life. And God is calling you today. Can I just tell you that God has given you everything that you need to walk through the upheaval that you might be going through, to prepare for what might be coming that you will be ready, that you're ready for anything, that no matter what comes your way, no matter what storm comes on your life, no matter what happens in you, you have the ability because you practice self-discipline. You're saying, Jay, but I haven't. Well, we can start that right here. We can start that right today and that your will would be, that his will would be done in your life. All you simply have to do is call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I invite you to do that today. Today, if, you are, if you're here 
and you're in there in the chat box, whether it's on, on our YouTube page, put something in the chat on, on our Facebook page or even in our online campus, whatever platform you're in, find a place to chat, just say self-control, self-control, self-control. Self-discipline, whichever one that works for you, but just self-control that I take it on myself to walk in and limit that, those things, be a, having discipline in my life. I am not going to fear. I'm going to make the plan. I'm going to accept what's happened, but I'm going to control and I'm going to be strong for those that are around me. If that's you today, just pray this prayer with me today. If in everyone, I'm going to invite every one of you just to take this moment of time and pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for you are the King of Kings and you're the Lord of Lords. You are the Prince of Peace. And today I acknowledge and I accept your spirit of self-control. I renounce the spirit of fear that's over me. And today, I commit my life to you. I declare and I proclaim that you are the, king of, you are the son of God and that God raised you from the dead. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe 100% that you are now a child of the Most High God that you have committed your life to him and we want to walk with you on that. And we have so many resources and things for you that we, we believe for you. But we are so excited that as we link arm in arm, even from a distance, even across the, 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 the internet, across everywhere that we can link arms and we have resources for you. But I want to bless you before you go, especially if you have just committed your life to Christ. Uh, just stretch your hand out toward me right now. But everyone, I invite you to stretch your hand out as I bless you today. I bless you now in your families, your finances, and your friendships. I bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and to all that are around you. I bless you in your children that you, they would be blessed into the thousandth generation as you raise them in the way that they should go according to the word of God. I bless you now in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills, pay them on time, and that you would be faithful in biblical generosity as you follow him in stewardship as he's called you. I bless you now in your friendships that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. I bless you now. Now go in Jesus' name and be a blessing. God bless you guys. We just love you. We're praying for you. Vicki and I just know that there is a great, great adventure right ahead of you. God bless you. Have a great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Crowd Decor podcast. We believe this message has inspired you, convicted and challenged and changed you in Jesus' name. And we invite you to partner with us as we reach out and continue to reach out with the message of moving from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to all of those around you and around the world. And we ask that you visit thegateonline.net slash giving to be a part of this incredible outreach to reaching those for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And may you have a great, great day.